Hello, everyone. This is episode 549 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Monday, October, November, December, November 12th, 2018. I am your host, Marcus Nez, and today I will be reviewing Red Dead Redemption 2 because I have finished it, and I have finished, finished it. Credits have rolled. I'm at about 86% in it, and the rest of those percentage points will take a while to get because it's just going to be collecting all the animal skins or whatever and just getting that completed and the various side activities of finding dinosaur bones and uh, dream catchers and what have you. But I really like the game and I will get to it shortly. I will put in a time code timestamps for the review because i will try to be well i will not talk about the story until the end of the review so in everything prior to that i will try to be fairly spoiler free um but you know if you're somebody who has yet to play the game and doesn't want to get spoiled on anything at all like random encounters or what have you there's a chance you could get spoiled in that their review but i want to talk about a few things before i get to all of that just uh, some breaking news though by the time you hear this it might not be so breaking uh, stan lee has passed away at the age of 95 which is really sad i know there are uh people who don't like stan lee there there's questionable things about his character and stuff and whatnot but it's undeniable the impact he has had on the comic book industry and you know now the film industry given the the adaptation since Iron Man uh, comic book movies have been all the rage specifically Marvel and characters he's created with others but um yeah it's sad but not entirely unexpected because his wife passed away last year and I think they were married for 69 or so years and I I feel like with people who have been together for such a long time when one partner passes usually the other partner will pass sooner rather than later just because when you've lived with someone and loved someone for so long uh, longer than he had not, you know, they, they had been together for more than they've been apart for a long time at that point. Um, when you no longer have that person with you, it's probably a very, I don't, I don't know what you'd use to describe that experience because I, I never experienced that. I mean, how could I, I I'm still a youngin and in terms of the the old love life, that's just that's just a disaster for me. Um, the the person who I felt strongest for, you know, we weren't even ever together, which is ridiculous. It's I, I still find it ridiculous about how I felt for that person. I mean, I I still feel strongly for that person. I'm just not in that feel for that person (laughs) if that makes any sense um but yeah sad news uh and i guess we just have to wait to see 
who else is going to pass since it usually comes in threes. Um, but yeah, sad day. No more cameos for him. I, I'm not sure if he had a cameo in the upcoming animated Spider-Man movie. Um, but yeah, now it'll be... I. It was always a little weird seeing him in all these cameos. I wasn't a huge fan of the cameo because sometimes they were funny or clever or cute. And then other times they just really stuck out like a sore thumb and was so clearly it would just take away from the momentum of a scene or any, it would just take away from what was going on to just poke, you know, nudge you in the, the stomach and say, Hey, don't forget Stan Lee. It's like, yeah, I, I, I know. Um, but then in terms of other stuff and whatnot, I, I've been playing a little bit of the Hitman Sniper Assassin little pre-order bonus thing. I, I got a chance to, to play around with that a little bit, and it's reminiscent of the Sniper Challenge that came with the uh, with uh, Hitman Absolution, and it's a fun, silly little thing. I think it's I I believe it's going to be a mode in Hitman 2, which comes out tomorrow. But I like that they were able to take the Hitman formula and put it into this sniper challenge where you're not moving. You're just able to look around this smallish environment comparatively um, and also just because you can't move around in it and still get that Hitman feel vibe despite it being very different and not it is stealth based in that you'd like to shoot and take out enemies without people noticing, but it's harder to do when you're, you know, just using a sniper rifle and you have to try and shoot somebody when they're maybe looking over a railing or they're near a body of water, what have you. Um, but it's fun and you can do silly things like shoot a cake. You can start shooting civilians if you want, you know. I'm not saying you can, or I did. But there's a wedding going on in the the bonus mission thing. And you can shoot the wife if you want, even though she's just a civilian and not a target. And I'm not saying I did that. And I'm not saying I used the shock bullets, which make a shockwave and kill a bunch of people, not knowing that at the time. And then I just killed like six people, including the priest and everyone. Um, I'm not saying I did that, but that can happen. If you want to do it. Um, but yeah. It's fun. The the one issue I have with it. Is that. The. Uh, what like holding to breathe. So that it will stop shaking a little bit. To focus. For a brief period of time. To keep the, the, the scope from moving. Is usually. Regulated to pushing in. The, the right analog sticker. Or something. It could be any other button, but the way it works in the Hitman Sniper Assassin mission is that you press in the right trigger slightly. So you just press it in a little bit, and then they'll he'll start. You know, he'll breathe in and it'll stop moving for a little bit. But that is a really weird, uncomfortable control scheme thing uh, because that is also the button that shoots so it just feels weird that I have to focus on this and not and have to make sure not to press it too much or else I'm going to shoot uh, and also it is a bit buggy 
um, you can shoot a person in the head and instead of getting a headshot, it'll just go right through their head and shoot whatever's behind them. And then they'll be like, huh? They'll have a little question mark above their head and be like, what? What just happened? I did, I, did God just save me? Because it felt like something went through my head but didn't go into my brain and blow it up. So there's that. Um, but it is like an early version, I think. Um, and there is multiplayer, which I don't know if you can play with a random person. I didn't try it. It's listed as a beta, the, the co-op, where you and another person are up to. I don't know if it has three-player co-op or not. I know there are three different characters, uh, one of them being Agent 47, then two just being this other man and other woman. I would assume you can play three people, which would be really cool and and fun to mess around with. Um, but I I had fun with a little bit. I played and I'm super excited for Hitman 2. I don't know when I'm going to get my hands on it. I wish I could justify buying it right now, but I am someone who doesn't buy that many games brand new, and when I do probably more than half the time at this point it's a game that i may also be interested in but it's something my dad is really into so my dad loves racing games and my dad loves military games so forza horizon 4 was a no-brainer got that and you know i I love that series as well so it's a win-win situation then there's something like fallout 76 which he's shown interest in i'm still not sure if i'm gonna get it because i i would like to know how user-friendly that is. Because I think as much as you may be interested in it and playing together, I'm not interested in playing it. Um, I don't want to be forced to play it with him and have to hold his hand. And I just, I don't know if he's really going to be into it. I think there's more of a chance as complicated as it is for him to be interested, for him to like the base game of uh, Fallout 4, just because with that... Uh, he doesn't have to worry about the terrible shooting mechanics of Fallout. But then there's also Battlefield 5, which military, and he loves it. And since Call of Duty didn't give him that fix, you know, we've played together with zombies and stuff like that. Um, there's Battlefield to satiate that single-player itch for him. And so, yeah, that's coming out next week, I believe. So yeah, Hitman is just something that he in no way would ever be interested in or ever be able to understand. He would he would just wreak havoc right away. There's no way he could be stealthy. Stealth games are out of the question for him. Always. There's not a single game requiring stealth. That's why um, the, the single-player mission or story uh, campaign in Battlefield 2 wasn't something i think he would have he i could have let him try that but i believe it starts off with a stealth mission and also going through like some weird things with a a drone through pipes or air ducts and i was like this he's not gonna he's not gonna be into this and he's gonna be confused um because my dad is just very impatient and he's not willing to follow directions and it's very frustrating because he is a very smart man, and I know he's capable of playing any game if he put his mind to it. 
but he's so damn lazy. He's not willing to just put in the effort and pay attention to what they're saying. He is hard of hearing, but he wears his headphones when he plays games because of that. So just well, if he just listened to them and just, just didn't run off. But in any game, he just runs off. He just he doesn't stop and listen. He's like a child. He just goes running. He, he won't stop and just listen. Just goes off. It's horrible when we play co-op games together because you're just running off everywhere. Play Call of Duty together, uh, Black Ops 3. You just keep running forward. Just running forward and I'm like, what are you doing? Where are you going? I don't. I would get, he'd get lost all the time. It's driving me crazy. But yeah, I'm super excited for Hitman 2. I just don't know when I'm going to get to play it. And it's sad because I feel confident that Hitman 2 would be in my game of the year running. I think it would definitely be in my top five. Uh, I, I have no doubts that it would not be able to top into the breach, but you never know. But at the same time, I'm fairly confident at this point that into the breach is, you know, reached my top 25 games of all time list echelon and whatnot. Um, and then I'm getting more and more excited about just cause four, but, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of want to stay away from it so that I don't get too excited about it and interested in it. Uh, my one hope is that maybe there'll be a decent sale on Hitman 2 around Black Friday when they have all the deals on Xbox and PSN. Even if it's just, I don't know, 20, 15% off. That might be enough to just be like, okay, it's it's been a few weeks. And I don't know because that Battlefield, ugh, it's just a nightmare. This has been such a busy season, and I hate it. And then there's, there's Super Smash Brothers in December, which I want to get into. Uh, and I'd like to give it a fair shake, and I want to get the Piranha Plant, because I think that is one of the most interesting characters in the entire lineup. But yeah, playing a little bit of that Hitman challenge, which I think is really good. I'm not sure. I think it might not work. After the game launches, the wording is very confusing, and it's I'm not sure if it's that you won't be able to get a copy of it anymore, or if access to the standalone version entirely won't work, or if it's just that you can play by yourself, but leaderboards and all those kind of things will be down, the co-op part of it will be gone. I don't know. I'm very confused about all that, but um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> then I also just jumped into Bloodstained Curse of the Moon for a little bit to see how it felt in preparation for playing through that for the next episode of Attack the Backlog. If you didn't already watch it, the fourth episode went live yesterday. It is for Mirror's Edge, which I hated, and I talk about it in there. And yeah, that was not an easy episode to put together just because I waited to till almost the last minute to put it all together to record the audio and then put the video together because it was such a terrible experience and then going back and rewatching all that footage to put the video together was not something I was looking forward to but I think it ended up coming out pretty good pretty well um and yeah as always I am pleasantly surprised by the reception and then the 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 views and listens the show does 
in its first day and all that. And uh, I'm excited to continue on with that series. Uh, so yeah, after Bloodstain, I'm not sure what's next. Um, I may I may do Hellblade, and then because I want to do some short things because I want to build up a cushion which I lost with Mare's Edge because I was just I was, I was so it is not fun. It was not a fun time. It was very very sad, and I like what my one friend and she said about it, where it's like the anti-trailer or something along those lines, um, because. When I don't like a game, the video sort of is a, a way of not selling a game. Even though with Mirror's Edge, I seem to be in the minority in terms of thinking that it's not only a bad game, but that the platforming itself is not good. There are plenty of people who seem to like the time trials and like the mechanics of the game and are just annoyed by the campaign itself and the combat. But... Outside of that, they really like the core feel of the game. I don't. I think it feels like shit. Um, but you can learn more about that in the uh, Attack the Backlog episode, which is uh, on YouTube and all the podcast services you could ever hope for. So check that out if you haven't already. So, Red Dead Redemption 2. How long of a review will this be? I don't know. Probably not that long. Uh because I've talked about it plenty, but I wanted to get a chance to talk about the story a bit, even though, you know, the end, to some extent, is widely known by people who are paying attention, or who have played the first game, um, well, technically the second game, but the first Redemption game, but before all that, I really liked my time with the game, and I, I'm still playing it. Uh, I enjoy the way it feels because I've always enjoyed the way Rockstar games feel. This is the way they've been playing and have felt since GTA 4. So GTA 4 and GTA 5, Red Dead Redemption, they've all felt this way. You know, there's a weirdish weight to the way characters move and interact with things around them, which I like. I think it's amusing and... You know, when it's not being amusing, I, I think it, it feels solid. I, I like the shooting. I like the weight of the shooting and, and the the feel of that impact when you hit uh, uh, another person in the game, another character. I like it more than other open world shooters like Saints Row and or Red Faction Guerrilla. Um, Sleeping Dogs, I don't remember having great shooting. Uh, so I think it's above average in terms of that gameplay. Um, and I, I really, I just love the world. It is humongous too. You may think if you don't scroll around that the Blackwater area that's all red and you know, you're wanted dead or alive, you don't really go there until the end of the game, that there's not much there past that. There is a lot past there. There's a lot of deserty, hot areas, and it's crazy how big the world is. And I don't mind riding my horse to and fro from place to place. I like it because the world is full of life. 
in terms of animals, you know, and I, and like I've said this before that I enjoy hunting games and the monotony of that and the slow pace of that. So this works for me and just, Oh, here, there's a new animal. There's a three-star animal. I'm going to go get it. Hopefully I don't kill it and then trample over it with my horse. Cause then it turns it into a one-star animal and it's what a waste of time. All that was, but I like that. And, and the fact that you will have these random encounters that are, scripted uh they just you know which one you end up running into is random um but some of them are more enjoyable than others i always enjoy when a group of bandits or what have you some gang tries to hold me up and then i dead eye and kill them all in one go i feel like a badass at that point and i just really like the variation of the world as well and that now I'm in this more desert area and I've experienced a sandstorm, which really takes away from visibility. It's, it's, a, it's impossible to see more than maybe like 10 feet in front of you. It's crazy. But I like that that system is in there. There's, there's, there are so many different weather systems in the game, and that's, that's cool. I, I like it. I like that it feels like a, a real living, breathing world. And, and just like living breathing world there are, are large patches of it that are fairly empty outside of wildlife and all that but if you are someone like me who enjoys the calm nature of that the relaxing nature of that um i think you know you, there's a chance you could really like red dead i i like the the slow start of the game to me wasn't bad at all because I knew the game was going to open up. I knew it wasn't going to stay like this at all. I remember seeing reactions like from uh, the one developer I mentioned a few t- uh, episodes ago where he was saying, like, this is one of the worst games he's ever played. You know, I, how could anyone like this? It's so closed off. You can't do anything. You know, um, I don't know why anyone would think the entirety of Red Dead Redemption 2 was as linear and closed off as that section. And also, I, people are saying, you know, that it doesn't open up until 5 or 10 hours. Yeah, I mean, it opens up after you get out of that snowy area. You know, it's a good idea to probably stick to the story a bit more in the early going-ons, just so you can unlock more things, like fast travel and all that stuff, and the ability to purchase fast travel from the 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 box at your camp. But it opens up after a few hours, like three hours. And, you know, I I didn't mind all that because it gave you a a good idea of the various characters in your camp and the ones that were a bit more important than others. But um, I've loved the game more and more if I played it as I've continued playing it. Except for one thing that happens at the end. I, I wish there was... The ability to, and maybe there's a cheat for this, but I wish there was ability to, so now I'm going to get into the story, but this first spoiler really isn't a spoiler, not really, but at the end, Arthur does die, and depending on how you play the game and the choices you've made, there are different ways that he can die, I discovered. I died because I played as a good Arthur. I ended up dying of tuberculosis because he 
got it after dealing with one of the debt collectors, one of the people he was trying to collect debt from. And that was a very sad moment when it happened. He, he died laying on like this, this rocky ridge looking out at the sunset. And, you know, it was sweet to see that he just got to see that as he was passing away. But it was sad that he passed away. And when that happens, you take over John Marston. And you have two epilogues where it's it's a lot of mundane activities. You do a little bit of bounty hunting. But you also do farm work and building your house and stuff like that. And that it was is a bit monotonous and probably the least enjoyable part of the game in extra part because when you make that transition from Arthur Morgan to John Marston, you lose all your money and for the first few missions you don't really have anything. You do retain some things from Arthur like his weapons and his clothing and some other stuff. You don't you I think you retain some of his items, but not all of them. I'm not entirely sure. But you don't get any of the money you had and I had maybe five six thousand short up at that point which is weird that when he gives you his satchel at the end he gives his satchel to John just as he's about to pass away or when he's about to like hold off uh, and keep everyone else from getting to him so he can escape he gives him a satchel but I guess his money wasn't in his satchel of course you know how could it be that's a lot of money but it's it's a Mary Poppins satchel that can carry anything you know, there's the disconnect between you can only hold uh, so many weapons. You, know, you can have like two on your shoulders and then two handguns, but you can carry so many things in your satchel. And when you are upgrading the satchels uh, via crafting, though, after Arthur dies, you can just buy the satchel upgrades. And when you get all of them that are available from the beginning, a new one shows up, which is basically this is for everything buy this and you can it'll it'll upgrade all the things so like because satchels the satchel upgrades focus on one particular thing like this one can hold more provisions this one can hold more valuables etc the new one says nope this is for everything and you can change whatever satchel you want per uh, the one that you prefer uh, its look and still get all the bonuses of the satchels you purchased uh, in the same way that you don't have to wear one of the bandoliers if you buy the upgrade and everything to hold more ammo. You don't need to wear it. Uh, that's good to know because I think those are kind of stupid. They make you look more menacing. And depending on what you're wearing, there's clipping through it. In the same way that if you have a really long beard, it can clip through your clothing. Um, which I hate I hate seeing that so much that even if I like the way the bandolier looked, I'd take it off because I don't like seeing it clip through the jacket that I was wearing. But when you do have an upgraded satchel, then you can carry 99 of every item. And that is a lot because usually it's only, it can be, I think, between 3 and 10-ish for most items. So being able to carry like uh, 100 or 99 silver belt buckles instead of only 3 or 6 or 5, you know, that's, that's a big jump. And that then makes the ability to sell all at a store more uh, a more desirable function. I don't know what the, I don't know where I was going with that, but um, selling all takes so long for the thing to fully 
uh, go around to do it all that it's just it's just easy to rapidly press the a button to sell everything but um that was a nice thing to get after i bought it but when you do finish the epilogues uh, going back to the loss of money you do end up finding the stash after you find micah and, and dutch is there too and i don't know if that plays out differently for me when i interacted with him dutch ended up shooting micah and then i ended up killing him i ended up finishing him off and i found his body later to get his gun which is a really shitty gun i thought it'd be better having to go back to that stupid place to get it and search his dead body but um i lost my train of thought micah guns satchels <laughs> oh yeah you end up getting twenty thousand bucks at the end of the second epilogue which is nice because i was very upset about losing my money but more upset that i lost my horse i had the horse the entire time i never lost a horse in the game but part of the story is your horse dying and you having to kill it as arthur so pokey died and that was very sad but for me i ended up really liking the story to a point because i like arthur morgan so much so much that i i'd say i love him he is my favorite rockstar character at this point and for me the entire last chapter was so bittersweet and really hard to play through because the tuberculosis was just eating away at him more and more you'd see the color leaving his skin his eyes were always bloodshot and you know he'd have these coughing fits and occasional times where he'd pass out and stuff and it just it was an unpleasant experience because i had grown so fond of him as a character and i knew it was coming to a close and his interactions with some of the better characters like sadie and john was just this is this is sad I'm I'm going to miss him when he's gone. And it is the strength of his character that makes the story as good as it was for me. Because I think overall, the writing, uh, whether it's just the, the story itself or the dialogue, it's iffy at times. Sometimes it's strong. Sometimes it's really stereotypical and uh, not that great. And I don't think the story overall is that special but because i loved arthur morgan so much and the bond i grew with him over the course of 80 plus hours um that final stretch was really powerful and one of the more moving experience i had with the video game because i liked him so much and i didn't want to see him go and that's one of the things that was a bit upsetting for me is that I, I wish despite the weirdness it would bring about in the game narratives uh, narratively speaking i want to still play as arthur morgan after the game has been completed and like i said there might be a cheat that lets me do that but i just want to do it easily because you know a cheat is going to prevent me from getting achievements and, and doing all that which I'd like to get those for the single player. But yeah, I'm I'm sad that I'm playing as John because I, I think Arthur is a 
much stronger character than John Marston, and I like his voice better. There's so much affection and love in the way he says, that's my boy, when he's talking about his horse. That's my boy. Like It's it, it's a really moving thing when he says that, oddly enough. But um, I, I really miss him, and I still miss him, even though it's been however many hours since he's been dead at this point, and I'm playing as John. Um, it's weird, too. I don't know if this is just a bug or an oversight by Rockstar, the developers, uh, but... I've noticed, and maybe it's not something that happens all the time, or it happens all the time, and I just haven't heard civilians talking to me that often, but at times when I'm walking through towns, they'll say, hey, Arthur, or whatever, and I'm like, huh, I'm not I'm not Arthur, Arthur's dead, I'm John, um, so that is a bit weird, and every time that happens, I'm like, you have to remind me that I like that character more than John, I do like that with... John Marston, you can still mess around with his hair and the beard and all that. Because that was one of my concerns. I looked up videos because I already knew that's how it was going to end before it happened. I looked up to make sure you can mess around with his hair and his beard and all that. Because I like, if I'm stuck with his look throughout the game and I can't change it at all, if I can't grow a beard as someone who likes beards, I'm going to be really upset. But you can grow a beard and that's good. One thing I hate about the beards, I don't know if this is factual in beard growing uh, in real life, but the mustache grows so much slower than the rest of the beard. And I find that incredibly frustrating and super annoying. Um, I've also had issues where sometimes using the hair pomade doesn't work when I'm just doing it out in the wild. And I don't know what he's doing with that pomade. Is he, is he eating it? But then it, it does work. I tried it again. It's like, oh, no, you you can put it. I'm like, why wasn't this working before? But, yeah. Not the most coherent review or anything. I just really like the game and think it's uh, a delightful little thing. I mean, it's, it's a big thing. It's not a little thing at all. It's very big. I'm still blown away by the size of the map. And it, it feels, it's not that it feels so much bigger than it actually is because it is huge, but the fact that fast travel is limited to train stations or tro not trolleys, the, the wagons or your map at home, which is a one-way fast travel system. But since fast travel is so limited and you have to ride around through a lot of it, it makes the the game feel and the world feel so much larger, um, which I like. I know a lot of people hate that fast travel is not in it, and I understand that. And I understand. I, I was watching Kotaku's a, a little bit of it. Uh, their forty-two minute haters review. Who uh, I, I forget the name of the, the reviewer, but it's the same guy who did the Dragon Quest 11 review, I believe. And he likes the game, but he talks about actual criticisms. He makes jokes in it. It's, it's a very enjoyable review. 42 minutes is a, a big time investment. I mean, this episode right here is getting close to 42 minutes. So, I mean, if you're willing to listen to this crap for almost that long uh, of a time, you can listen to that. Um, 
but the one thing he points out is that okay if you if you put fast travel in the game at all if you include it as a option even in the 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 smallest of ways the fact that you're acknowledging fast travel existing why not just have it there for you to use freely i understand that but i think the reason why it's not in there to the full extent and why I don't have a problem with it is because the world itself and the things you encounter while traveling through the world are as much a part of the experience as the the story itself. And with fast travel, I think there's the concern, uh, and, and rightfully so, I'd say, that you'd end up having players... And, you know, the percentage, I don't know what it would be, but you'd end up having players who just fast travel from mission to mission to mission, and they're missing out on all of the emergent experiences that they would have if they were forced to travel on horseback. Um, You can still, you know, of course, use the the, the wagons and the trains. You still have to get to a station, so you're going to be doing some riding, but that choice to me isn't a problem uh, there there have been few times where i i'm annoyed but overall i'm fine uh a few annoyances i do have the the cinematic camera is absolute garbage it is worthless using that like i still use it despite it being a disaster more often than i would like where you set it in uh, cinematic mode and then the the horse will follow the trail you've placed that's not always true. Sometimes it goes past trails. Sometimes the, the trail ends up turning into like some dotted line that isn't following a path. And then the horse doesn't know where the hell to go anymore. The horse will run into things. Um, it, it's just in no way consistent and rather frustrating. Um, the, the horse is... I, I wish there was some kind of way to know when you've cleaned the horse. Because you keep cleaning it and dust keeps coming off and it just is a never-ending supply of dust. And I, I don't know when the, the horse is actually clean, which I don't like. Um, there was a point where I rode a horse that wasn't my own and it ended up being on the map, the mini-map, as a like, grayed-out horse that I could... I guess I bonded with it a little bit and it drove me nuts for hours because I couldn't find the fucking horse. It w- it wasn't showing up in the larger map and it was driving me crazy because it was always in the mini map and I had no idea where it was. And then I eventually found it and I then didn't know what to do with it. I guess I could have taken it to a stable and sold it for a little bit of money, but in the moment... I was like, okay, I'm just going to shoot this thing and be done with it. I can't shoot it. And then I'm like, well, what can I do? Well, I, I first, I think with with the first one that I had this issue with, or maybe it was different. No, this was with, so, so I've been playing the game good outside of my dealings with horses. So the first horse I murdered was the DLC horse that you can't sell. And I hated the way it looked. And I wanted to get rid of it. It was in my stable taking up a spot. I want to get rid of it. So I left it in front of a train. 
and waited for the train to come and it killed it. Well, I had to still mercy kill it, and once I did, whatever. But then, with this random horse that I must have bonded with a little bit, when I found it, I wanted to kill it because I just want to get rid of it. I was sick of it being on the map; it was driving me nuts. Couldn't shoot it, so I thought, "Oh, well, you know what I can do? I can just plant some dynamite right by its feet and ignite it, and then walk away, and then it blows up." Of course, it doesn't blow up in a bunch of little pieces. It's still alive, and I have to mercy kill it. But I've I've done that with more than a few horses, because every time I bond with a horse that I don't care about and don't want it following me or stuck on the map forever and not being able to find it for another few hours, I'm gonna blow it up with some dynamite. So, if you are someone who likes the idea of blowing up horses with dynamite, Red Dead Redemption Two is the game for you. Because there's ample reasons to do it, I think. Stupid ass horses. I I didn't bond with you. You're not wearing a saddle. Leave me alone. Get out of my face. Well, I mean, they're wearing someone else's saddle. So. Uh, I also hate that when you search saddlebags on horses of enemies you've defeated, they seem to, I don't know, maybe it's a 50% chance, uh, but I think it's even more than that. Uh, they will kick you. And I don't like that. It happens way too often, and they take a good amount of health, and usually it seems they kick you once, and it knocks a bit of health off. They kick you a second time, you're dead. I realized that when I tried to search the same saddlebag. I'm like, fine, you fool me once, shame on, I don't remember how that phrase goes, but whatever. I thought I could get away with doing it again, but it kicked me again, and I died. I'm like, well, fuck, that sucked. That rhymed. Ooh, what a time. But I don't like that. They kick too much. And there's like nothing you can do. It's not like they're agitating. You have to calm them down first before you can search the saddlebag. What do they care that you're going through the saddlebag? They're, I mean, they're not agitated in the moment. It's not like you, they're they're freaking like bucking and shit because you just killed their master, their rider. I just freed them. Why can't I just go in their saddlebag? Then I'll unhook them. And I'll take the saddle off them. And then they can go, you know, be in wilderness and be happy and go do whatever. I don't know. I just smacked the mic. And then I caught it. And so, with that said, and because I should really end this show because, Jesus, it's now 42 minutes. It's now longer than the Kotaku review. Um, uh, that That is a good place to end it. Uh, so, yeah, that will do it. For this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Mark Guzanez. Y'all can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, Monomalous, Steam, Twitch, and all the usual places at PX Sausage. On PSN, I'm the Kush 3. I just remembered Dragon Ball Z. Still watching that. I'm about 227 episodes in. And I'm so happy the Cell Saga is over because I really did not like that. I thought that particular saga was paced horribly and worse than any other saga um so after that we got some good fun silly old times and right now it's in more of the serious side but it seems to be paced better it's not focusing on one single enemy uh where we got now and boo or whatever the hell stupid name is big fatty who turned one guy into a cookie and then ate him okay but i enjoy high school age gohan i wasn't a huge fan of gohan before but high school age gohan i'm all about krillin with hair i hate it is terrible it looks awful goten 
super cool. Love that little guy. Um, baby trunks, then eh, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's that's still going on. They did change the ED, not the OPA, but it's still. I don't know if it's any good because the sound quality of it is shit. But um, yeah. Back to the ending bits. So the site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, and Attack the Backlog, which are all available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And of course, if you'd like to check out the video version of this here podcast or Attack the Backlog, please go over to youtube.com slash pixelatedsausage. And as always, I highly recommend watching the video version of Attack the Backlog because it is a good time. I put a good amount of effort and time into putting them together. And I think they turned out rather well. All of them so far, I think, have been good times. And if you want to watch something that doesn't sell you on a game like a trailer does, there's nothing better than Attack the Backlog. Um, And like I said at the beginning of the show, the newest episode just came out yesterday for Mirror's Edge. And then the next one will be for Bloodstain, Curse of the Moon which will be uh, two weeks from yesterday. So not this Sunday, but the next Sunday, which may be Thanksgiving weekend or the weekend after Thanksgiving, I guess. I think. Yeah. Makes sense. Right. Okay. 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 Um, And if you like cool, kooky, colorful art, you can go check out my artwork over at pxsart.com. And if you see something to like, you can click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and everything we do, like this here podcast and all the other podcasts and the art and the videos and everything in between, you can go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. And that, my friends, will really do it. I feel like with the, the, the time that this podcast has taken how long this podcast is it cannot be anything other than one rambly long mess and if you've made it this far and are hearing these words man i love listeners like you because you are weird (laughs) but you have to be weird to like me because i am weird and weird people often say (laughs) that does this makes no sense whatever (gasps) bye that's a terrible way i gotta do it the right way okay one two three